1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here next to me is my co-host, Justin Raffaw.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, glad to be here, and it is great to
1: be here it on the show tonight. great to be here. Yeah, great, great weekend of football action. Yeah. Uh, when, we're, when we're talking about Friday to Sunday, I couldn't be happier, so... <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe that's a deep cut for a lot of you out there because I'm a Dolphins fan, so it was it was rough Thursday, and honestly, everything leading up to Thursday and since Thursday in the NFL wasn't exactly ideal. But um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I don't really have any complaints about. Um, sorry, Roll Tide lost. You were there.
0: Yeah. Rough one for Columbia. It it was it was a rough one for Columbia, but it was awesome being back and uh, saw some friends. Um, which I didn't know we're going to be there, so it, it, that that was cool. It was my first time back there in pr- for a football game in probably
1: over twenty years. Yeah, it's been a so, while. Been a yeah.
0: while. It didn't work out. I couldn't join you,
1: unfortunately. I would have liked to, but we met up on Saturday in Chillington for the Wilson Mifflin game, and uh, by and by went pretty well. I mean, a Wilson win is 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 great. Yeah, I and, would.
0: Uh, I'd give it
1: give it four stars yeah it was it, uh weather would be the only thing I weather was I would, bad right? yeah and and that's the
0: thing i was very frustrated about even though if you look if you check the weather on your phone at any given moment during raining. the game if you check the radar it said it's not raining yeah and you look up or actually you didn't even have to look up to know that's well, a lie and yeah i, I don't want to get into the
1: science behind no, all no, that i understand <laughs> and the technical specifications or
0: Shortcomings of radar. I was I was talking to Paul in the press box about it with like in regards to the science and you um, of the weather. I was like, oh, he's taking this great. (laughs) Paul's laughing.
1: Yeah, it was that was so it being a Saturday game to begin with already threw off everyone and made everyone mad. Everyone was mad about it. It being at Mifflin, obviously, everyone's mad about that too, because we all know why, for a variety of reasons. Mm Uh, which were aired on the Facebook page many times in the week leading up to it, especially after I post posted ticket information. Um, but yeah, being Saturday, that was you know that's a strike against it. At Mifflin, that's another strike. Then the weather, another mm-hmm. huge strike. the The biggest thing, the most exciting thing about it being a Saturday was it being a day game. But the weather then nixed that for a bit. I still. Ha- was able to get some decent pictures because the lighting is still better even in light rain than it is at night under stadium lights but it was disappointing because i was hoping to not to be raining i wanted to take really cool pictures and the the lighting is the most important part and and that was dashed and uh then like midway through the first quarter i got a migraine (laughs) and i was not feeling it the rest of the game it was kind of rough and uh, I'll apologize ahead of time that we didn't do interviews because once we got the celebratory pictures, not, I was pretty much like, I "I'm need not going to gonna go lie, home. I, I was." Need to go I home.
0: thought you were going to ask me to drive you. I, I, like, I almost did. Right, um, but yeah, it, being it was the a good, good friend I am, I didn't, didn't offer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, oh gosh, the best of friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I it, it, it I almost I almost did, but I was like, no, it's not that far away. We're fine. Um, we didn't make our uh, stop at sheets on the way home like we had the mm-hmm. last year, I and guess, we we're just yes. like, oh man, this is awkward. <laughs> not awkward this time. Very very excited. Unfortunately, didn't really get to celebrate because I wasn't feeling well. But uh, all all good here now. Thank you. Yes, ready to go. I did post pictures. If anyone was waiting for the album, that is up, so you can check that out. I posted the link on all the social media. Uh, we will watch some of the highlights, but again, um, there was not the auto-generated huddle uh, game recap, so it's going to kind of be I'm going to play it and maybe jump around while Justin and I talk. I'll try to see if I can find touchdowns or big plays or whatnot, but it's not as good as the uh, the generated recap. So sorry about that as well. But yeah, Wilson came out on top, beat Mifflin of 32-14, to 14. And I think you'd agree with me to say that the game wasn't as close as that score makes it sound.
0: No. And that's kind of what I, um, I had a bunch of people, um, mainly people who were sitting through worse rain at Penn state yeah. um, asking me like, Hey, for updates or recaps of the game. And that's essentially what I told them. I said, it, you know, it ended up 32, 14. Um, wasn't, wasn't that close. Um, it's not to say it was a, blowout from the start like Wilson no. Wilson grabbed control early but it sure. wasn't a blowout from the start but like it felt like and essentially was more than an 18 point game you know at, at the end
1: this is just popping into my head and maybe you know I can consult the stats too did did Tommy punt did we punt at all
0: I don't think we did I don't think
1: we did um, so obviously things are going well if you don't have to punt yeah, uh, Wilson had two touchdowns called back. Although I do believe one we did end up scoring, or at least getting points after it was yeah. called back. Yep. yep. Uh, the other one we did not. That was closer to the end of the game. Uh, and, and Mifflin had the ball towards the end of the game against Wilson's uh, reserves and continued to take timeouts to ensure that they could score against the backups to make it seem it wasn't as uh, as sounded as a defeat as it was. I mean, um, it
0: was that's similar to three years ago when. Um, Cameron Stewart like blocked a field, like an extra point but it was like you mean when it was 61 to nothing that's exactly the one I was talking about yeah yeah so um,
1: the the series has not been no uh contested and I think Drago
0: uh, Drago and a number of other people have harped on that this this week leading into it in the kind of their previews about how mm, it's been a while since we've had a good game Uh, it well, An exciting I mean, game. We're good. We're all fine with the result from Saturday. But like in terms of a close game, it's it's been a few years because it's been blowouts or multiple score games so a number of times now.
1: Since I've been going to the to the games, I've been to every Wilson Mifflin game since twenty eleven. Um 2011 was close. That was the opening game of the year. That's the one that Mifflin was in control for a while. Wilson stormed back and forced overtime, but then lost in overtime. So obviously that was a close game in overtime. Uh, then for a pretty resounding Wilson win at the beginning of 2012, I believe it was 21 nothing. Mifflin made more, it more of a game in the district semifinals in 2012. We got to play them twice that year, the first year of the traveling Gersky lynn trophy. Wilson ended up winning, I believe, the second game, 21-14 to go to I think that was to go to the district championship 2013 everyone thought Mifflin was going to blow the doors off of us and we yes. beat them 38 to 7 I remember that one that that was that was the start of an exciting few year period I was, I was at a
0: water polo tournament yeah. that day that evening well, I, I think I texted and the, you and the scores kept rolling in yeah. and everybody was just shocked shocked cuz that's not how that game that's not how people were told that game was going. To
1: well, right, on. because back in in twenty thirteen, it was a year after the twenty twelve team that went what was it thirteen and two and had that amazing defense and had you know a, a lots of really good players on the team and gra- the graduation losses were huge. Yeah, and that was the year that some preseason media had Peg Wilson to go six and four. Uh, because I think there was only one or two guys back now. One of them was quarterback Matt Timichenko was returning, and he seized control of the quarterback job at the end of 2012. So when you have a quarterback back, that's obviously a good thing. But by and large, most of the new the faces on the 2013 team had not played a lot right. in 2012, and all they did was go 10 and 0 in the regular season, and was a Joey Julius field goal away from making it back to the district championship game. Um I don't want to get sidetracked in history and all those things, but then we get to 2014. And obviously mm-hmm. that was a, a one for the record books, uh, the history books, Wilson Mifflin uh, phenomenal game. And I say that only because Wilson won it in the end. Uh, that was, you know, the overtime game with the, the missed extra point, And Wilson mm-hmm. came back from what, like 12 down with six minutes to play or so. I forget the exact stat, but that was, that was a very good Wilson Mifflin game in 2014, 2015. That was a weird one. Do you remember that? were you at the 2015 game? I think I was at the 2015 that, that was the game where there were a lot of cramping and, and delays. Wilson won 14 to three and it never really felt in doubt, but net Wilson never was able to like really put it away. And Mifflin never seemed to be playing to win. They were just playing to play. It was really weird. It was a really weird game. But then uh 2016 was a big Wilson win. 2017, it was a, It was kind of like 20, uh, 2011 where Mifflin kind of controlled most of the game and then Wilson came storming back and almost was not able to tie it and send it to overtime this time, but tried their best and almost was able to do it. So that was an exciting game uh, that Mifflin ended up winning. But then 2018 and 2019 were Wilson, decisive Wilson victories. And then we got to the past two years, 2020 and 2021, which were decisive Mifflin victories. And then this year... You know, eighteen points is, I'd say, a pretty decisive victory. Yeah,
0: there was, there was very little time. I felt like where, in the second half, where the outcome was, I want to say not hand. determined, <laughs> yeah. because obviously well, it's always I mean, up. But like, I was comfortable, and that right. that that says a lot because I am always figuring out ways things can go. Can wrong. Can go wrong? Yeah, that's us.
1: <laughs> yep, that's exactly us. Yeah. But that never came about. I, I never I was anxious before the game. Oh yeah. Because and Coach Dom's and all the coaches have said this. A lot of times it doesn't matter in a rivalry series. Oh, absolutely and there's not. a bunch of history that you can go back with over the, the decades of Wilson Mifflin that records didn't play in. I mean, I think the most well known one is that um Coach Gersky's final game was against a Mifflin team that I believe was like two and seven yes, or something. I just read this as week. two and eight. And, and Wilson lost when I mean, right. last game as head coach to a Mifflin team that was not very good. Right. So, uh, and I know the, one of the most famous ones is in, I think it was the fall of 96 when John Gilmore was a senior. I, I think that was um, one of the years that one of the only times that Mifflin has, has had a share of a section championship in the LL league was in 1996. And that was, uh, I think that was in 1996. So again, records don't always matter. And that that's what, that's what had me anxious entering well, and, the game. And we
0: we talked about it, but like last week, you know, if you look at who Mifflin had played, you know they they had played Springford, who has played a tough schedule, <laughs> um, but is is a pretty good team. Uh, they played
1: they played Carlisle
0: close too, who, right? Yes, Springford, yeah, yeah. They played Carlisle, who got blown out. Th- was that this week? No? Yeah, they Thursday night. Yeah, right. But like, is is a pretty solid team and is going to be in the district, you know, field running. Looks to probably make it right. in the district, cha- district and three field. and to Exeter, you know, right. like so. And they had a blowout win against Muhlenberg, right? And and they beat and they beat Boyertown, who's that who's was been close, up, right? That was close, right? So you look at those though, and you're like, okay, well, the teams that they lost to are pretty good and probably all district qualifiers. You know what I mean, like. Or there's a chance that they're all gonna be district qualifiers and that would still be true after this week. Um I would think so, yeah. Right. So like that's that's tough, you know, <laughs> like um and and you could see through the game how they've got enough that it they're you know, that they can compete, but it's Wilson Wilson had the upper hand on Saturday and I'm fine by that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad the Wilson seniors um We're able to taste victory against Mifflin because I know that's what they they talked about that in the off season and over the summer, and I'm sure all this week, like they don't want to be the class that never beat Mifflin, right? Like that's from in the last 50 years. I'm not sure that's ever happened. Now there may be technicalities of where they played one year, but then they didn't play for two years, and you know. But like if you've played them three years in a row, I don't know that since like the 70s, Wilson's ever lost three consecutive seasons right yes in a row. Cause I know we've lost three consecutive games back in what was it? Two and oh six and one 07, or the last one yeah. in, one in 05 and two and oh six. Like but that was a playoff game. So it was the same graduating class. So yeah I, yeah. And we're going to talk more about Wilson Mifflin. Before we do, let's uh, do our our announcements and house cleaning and thank our sponsors, primarily uh, Bill Mays and the family business, Mays Sandwich Shop, for being there for us since day one. We appreciate their ongoing support of the program, as well as these other sponsors for this season eight here, the 2022 Wilson football season, Mike Draco and MikeDragoSports.com the Hop family, Andy Her, who I hope we're going to be seeing here in the next few weeks. So we to got to have our annual meetup with Andy. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe it'll be at Penn Manor, or maybe he's coming to Hempfield. We'll have to reach out to him and find out what, if we're going to be able to uh, cross paths with him this season. And then, of course, our six anonymous donors, um, they they don't want to be in the limelight, but we appreciate them nonetheless, and they're a, a huge, huge help to the show. And um They really have helped this year, uh, stepping up big time to uh, support us and make sure that this uh, show isn't always in the red, which is uh, appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then let's see, what else we got here? Oh, uh, well, I'll put up the the Mike Drago logo, but you'll see that throughout the show. But then we also uh, have... um, other ways that you can help here it doesn't have to be sponsorships and advertising or even the in-kind donations but just remember to visit the website for all your announcements and wilson football needs you can find a lot on there and i did recently finish the 1969 team overview uh they're coming up for their celebration uh this friday for the game against Hempfield, and they've got a uh, a good uh dozen or baker's dozen guys coming back from that team to celebrate so i worked out on uh that page over the last few weeks to get that up-to-date for them and uh, have uh, have it all done. So all the newspaper recaps and the videos that I have are up on the page overviewing that 69 season.
0: It w- This is obviously a, a sidetrack here, but it was cool that Mifflin had four players, including two captains from yeah. the 1957 yeah. team. That's very, that is, that was really cool.
1: Yeah. The the closest uh, that we've gotten to it that we've been able to muster was um, before uh, a year or two before he passed away. uh, uh, Mr. Lippincott joined us for the flag football game. He was an honorary captain and then did the coin toss with Bob Mitzel, um, who played in the 1950 team, the first team to win a league championship. You know, Mr. Lippincott played on the 1945 team, but that was very cool to have, uh, you know, people from literally 60 plus years ago right. um 70 plus years ago back uh to celebrate and we we've uh, honored those the 50 team as well as the 67 and the 69 team just to uh, make sure that they get the recognition they deserve um from you know the the trend setters the people that were there at the beginning and that was cool to see Mifflin be able to do that uh right, right when this you see Saturday. when you see those like
0: crazy numbers like that's just pretty cool you're like 57 yeah wow, wow. Like- that's yeah
1: <laughs> that's going back there a ways yeah. so that that was very cool our next live show will be next sunday back on the normal schedule october 9th 8 30 and all these places i know primarily people catch us on facebook and youtube and if you're on youtube and you haven't yet please hit that subscribe button like the video uh, that really helps us out. You can do what you want with the notifications. I don't care about that. But if you a, could No, you can't. Hit the bell. <laughs> hit the bell, yeah. Um, no, the subscription and like each video, that just helps um, spread the show around the people that you share common interests with, people in the area that want, want to watch this show. So um, like Justin always uh, likes to say. Yeah, like and share. And uh, subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. And you can feel free to rate and review us as well if you listen on the audio-only version on you know Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere that allows you to do that. I don't know if they all allow you to do that, but if they do, uh, we would appreciate um, you uh, rating or reviewing the show. All right, so I'm gonna put this schedule up here, and I didn't get to make a new one, and we're gonna talk on about it for two reasons. Which is kind of a
0: spoiler: the fact that you said you need to make a new one. (laughs) Yeah,
1: one, we're in the like dead smack in the middle of what I have on here, right? Because October first column two, Mifflin done. October 7th, Hempfield, this Friday coming up. However, you look on the far right, and this just came to our attention this past week yeah. on an article written by Mike Drago. Those dates are incorrect as District 3 has decided that where I have D3 6A quarters, that game is not happening that week. No. It's actually been pushed back a week. Right. District 3, 6A, and this is 6A only, so this is specific to Wilson and the 6A schools, no one else in in, in Burks that is in contention to make the 6A field, Th- there's going to be a bye week that week. So there will be no Wilson football game, no matter where Wilson ends up in the long term, whether it's in the playoffs or not, there will be no Wilson football game November 4th or November 5th. All of the D3 6A teams will be on a bye. So the D3 6A quarterfinals will be November 11th, The semifinals, the final four in District 3 6A will be November 18th, and the district championship will now be either Friday or Saturday, depending on the host of Thanksgiving weekend. Right. Initially, I thought that was when the quarterfinals were going to be, but that's, I mean, the quarterfinals are happening. It's just that District 3 is not entering at the quarterfinals this cycle. Right. We're entering at the semifinals, which we used to do in years past. So things got shifted around a little bit that I wasn't aware of. And, I didn't know about any of this until this past week. So, yeah, those dates are wrong. I'm going to try to remember to change them this week. But the week of November 4th, that first weekend in November, the weekend after the final regular season game at Manheim Township, Wilson will not have a game, no matter if they make the playoffs or not. Right. So that I just want to make sure everyone was aware of that. And like I said, I will update the schedule hopefully for – Next week's show just didn't get around to it this time, but that was that was kind of the biggest announcement that needed to be made and put out there. District three playoffs will start with a bye in 6A for everyone before you get the one versus eight, two versus seven, uh, three versus six, and four versus five matchups on the weekend of November 11th, either that Friday or Saturday. Um and I did start to work on my power rating so that we can start doing predictions on the show eventually. It's still too early for us to be talking about right. that now. A lot has to happen. But maybe after... For the record,
0: it's too early to be talking about it on the show. Well, right, yeah. We've been talking about <laughs> we it off the show about, yeah, plenty something. of times.
1: But I'm thinking probably after the Penn Manor game, yeah. we'll start talking about it. Because yeah. then, then you, got, you only have two weeks left at that point. Right. And a lot more will have been known. Well,
0: and so much of it is you trying to predict... The other games, too, not just the right, wrestling yeah. games, but like the other games. And there's so many variables when you're right. o- only 60% of the way through the regular season. Yeah.
1: And when I did it, we were 50% right, through. So, could right. I even gone back to update it for the week six results? So, I was literally guessing the outcomes of
0: half five weeks of games, <laughs>
1: half the games for 30 some
0: teams, maybe 40 some right. teams. And as we've already seen and talked about on the show this year, there's bound to be upsets, you know, or surprises, maybe not upsets, but surprises. Sure. So, So, all right, well, let's get back to
1: Wilson Mifflin. I will play some of these highlights while we talk about the game by and large, what we haven't covered so far. And then we'll get to our player of the game and do a little bit of a preview for Hempfield, which is coming up this Friday, a lot happening Friday night, not just the Wilson Hempfield game, but uh, plenty of other events as well. So, let me get this thrown up here for you, and we're going to start after the opening kickoff. So this is the first uh, series of the game. Mifflin has the ball. Uh, Justin apparently lying to me that there was no end zone cameras.
0: Okay. I'm just going off of what was there, but I, I, was, I was unaware. All right,
1: so we're going to just jump jump ahead here, see if we can get um, some of these plays while we talk about it. But, yeah, so opening kickoff uh, into the end zone yeah, by Benerata. Touch Touchback. That. Mifflin gets the ball. And I believe was a three and out. It
0: was three, and yeah, out. three and yeah. out. Three and out, and and um, we're gonna see a few of these plays. Yep, and again, good really contained. well done. Way to fly up there, you know, and and help fly into the ball. Yeah, look at that. What six what like six, six guys
1: on the ball? Right, Ex- excellent uh, pursuit there by the defense. Uh, and forcing the, the three and out, which is a great way to set right. the tone. Right. And th- that's what you want. And here, uh, Mifflin ready to pass. I right. believe Nick Weitzel gets in there for right. one of his two-and-a-half sacks right. on so, the game.
0: So three plays, they lost yards, and are punting the ball back to us.
1: Now, this was an interesting decision. Yeah. We we know who's back there. Cam Jones is back there.
0: Everyone knows who's back there. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> that's, should that's, know. That's the puzzling piece.
1: They kick a ball that is clearly returnable right. and ends up going right to him right it was and, a, it
0: was a good punt in terms of lots of hang time and but look, look at, at the blocking. blocking
1: look at the blocking <laughs>
0: yep there was actually the blocking was so good that Nick Weitzel was looking and then ended up taking out two guys <laughs> but you know like we had guys looking for guys to block yep. so we'll That's see it again here yeah
1: um obviously you need to watch cam Jones returns it's but it's just like he's already set up why would you not kick it The other way. Which is what they did the next time. (laughs) I just it's (laughs) it boggles my mind. Like, was that a a actual decision by the coaching staff? Was that a mistake by the punter? It's just I don't understand. Right, right. I honestly I I don't let's not talk about the refs. So yeah. That could be an entire half an hour discussion if we were doing that. Oh, now we're hung up on the extra point. That's wonderful. So Oh, we're yeah, we're just going to be hung up
0: and load here forever. Yeah, it it w- it was it was interesting, but it was it was just to start Wilson's looking for. You know, you kick yeah. off, you kick off and you oh, get yeah. them three and out without going like so they went three and out without being able to like even gain positive yards that first series. Yeah. And
1: well, that's not clearly not working properly. Let's see if I can fix that.
0: And then we were able to go and um you know, return the pump for a touchdown fantastic we we kick off again um they they did return the second kickoff um but then we forced them to punt and then we took it and we just ran it right down yeah, here throats. is uh here's um, wilson's second
1: touchdown it's a run by cam jones yep. right in right and we ran score.
0: we ran from that formation a few times in a row like They're in the like, dozer form- formation right, right like stop it
1: we're not able to. Uh-huh. A head zone camera is just—it's uh, an interesting piece of technology. <laughs> all the time. All the time. All the time. But yeah, so we'll let see. let alone
0: it. in the rain. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it—it's—it's it's tough.
1: Yeah, quickly up fourteen, nothing. Right, and we're feeling pretty good.
0: Yeah, at that point, you're like, all right, well, we're able to do what we need to do on offense. Uh, defense is looking good. You mm-hmm. know, um, we're we're getting the push on on both lines, offensive and defensive line. Which is, it's huge every game, and it sounds so cliche. But then, if was able to get it going, and yeah, they had a and, like it's like a fourteen right. play, seventy and, and there yard wasn't drive. Any like huge play? I mean, the touchdown it just was. chipped away. Chipped but away. like it was like oh, it would be third and really short or fourth and really short, and they'd get just enough. You know, like and all right, all right, and then they got close and they were able to get it in for a, a touchdown. Right. You know? and next thing you know, it's 14-7, and you're like. All right. Well, they've got the momentum now. You know right? we need we need to get it back. And and Wilson answered again.
1: And you know, like like we talked about, don't believe Tommy ever punted in this game. Wilson offense was able to drive the length of the field. Now, not every um, series resulted in, in points. There right. was a what, turnover on downs. I think the one yeah. the Mackay touchdown that was called back. That right. drive in no. Oh, right. the, the field goal was blocked. Right. the Field, field goal, goal was, was blocked. blocked. Um, but here's a nice, uh, nice run by, uh, uh, by Tommy there to, uh, to set up what is going to eventually be a touchdown. I believe, uh, not this play, but the next play, uh, here's one of Eddie cases, five catches for 99 yards
0: and but a like, score like that we'll, that we'll that see play here right there. Shortly. You're like, okay, okay. Fairly, it was like an eight yard game, yeah. you know,
1: like he caught the ball and got upfield and they can't that was like, beautiful, uh, I wish we had the end zone camera yes, feed of that. Cause it yes, was beautifully yes. blocked. Uh, I did. I was down in the end zone taking pictures, so I think I got the parting of the, the Mifflin lineman.
0: Yes, someone, uh, someone from Mifflin made a comment to me on that play that they, they, they're like, oh, they're not going to want to watch that one tomorrow." Like, because the line moved people on that one for yeah. us, which was which was great.
1: And so Mifflin actually uh, lined up off sides or jumped off sides on the extra point. Wilson decided to go for two and got it, and is up twenty two to seven and now you're, now we're feeling pretty good but then the next defensive series they got some yardage but right. uh had to uh punt and they had to punt it out of bounds because right. of just the dangerous how dangerous Cam is back there um Wilson got the ball back and drove down the field a couple nice plays before we'd have to settle for a field goal but we can take a look at that right here um if I can properly transition so we got the uh the penalty the interference penalty uh, I think we are com- going to come up a little short on a, on a few plays uh, before half. Here again, it's twenty two to seven at this point. And but there
0: again, it took four or five Mifflin tacklers to bring Eddie down on that one, which is which is awesome. Yeah, uh,
1: that was a v- there. very good defensive play yeah. there to yeah. interrupt uh, the pass to to Cam. I thought I thought he had it for for a moment down in the end zone taking pictures. I thought he had it. Um, and Cam was open there just a little bit high with a right, slick ball, right. just went out of uh of Tommy's hand, but set up for a field goal right before halftime. Right. And Ben is gonna knock it down in the elements yeah, for not, Wilson's not great 25 kicking to 7. Lead. No, I mean not I know you're deal. I know
0: you're on turf, but like he he booted that one right that there. That was
1: yeah, very good kick. So an excellent way for Wilson to end the first half up 25 to 7, feeling pretty good about the way things went. Uh, but then got the ball in the second half, got the opening kickoff, right. and uh, were able to eventually get in for another score. And that, that that's the one that kind of felt like, all right, we're good. Well, there's no second half left. Right, right, down. because,
0: you know, we were up 14 nothing, and then not in the blink of an eye, but they were able to drive down and make it 14-7. Right. right? So now it's 22-7. If they come out and make it 22-14, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Heart, heart skip to beat there. I, yeah, yeah, Because well, I'm thinking, oh, man, we're going to go down and, and right. start to put this thing away, like seize control.
1: And we did. Just took a few plays.
0: Right. right. Just took a few plays. Just keeping but... us interested. Great, a, great job of moving around and kind of looking down the field there. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. A lot of penalties. I think Wilson had well, – we'll get to it in the stats in a moment, but
0: a lot of penalties in the game. I know uh, Jeff Reinhardt, I went back and looked at some of his stuff. Yeah, just, just like, fun. He was over that part of it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, who wasn't? <laughs> yes. Yeah, who
0: wasn't? Um, so this is a great, at least all this. great throw and yes. catch from yep. Tommy
1: to, to Eddie for the touchdown. Uh, really well done. And that one – that's when we were like, okay – 32 to seven things are feeling pretty good right now Wilson didn't end up scoring uh, the rest of the game uh had a had a field goal blocked as we mentioned still was able to move the ball though right and you know just didn't didn't get another score and Mifflin scored in garbage time at the end to give you the final score of 32 to 14 but let's jump uh, to some of those stats just a, a little overview. A uh, very strong performance from the defense, you know. Other than that early touchdown, who, honestly, that was a really good throw by um, Delson. Oh, and a great catch! Uh, a great and, catch! Like, uh, I think
0: it was. I think it was Rofo. Yeah, was it was there? Yeah, you know, he like had good positioning. You know what? Like, yeah, it, it's one. I feel completely different about that. If it's like he blown long coverage, yeah, or and it like, wasn't. You know, it no, wasn't. we we defended it well. I said, I, and it, you know, it happens. They they were able to get it, but it was just you know they got a few conversions on that drive most of their like third or fourth down conversions which i know i think they had a few came all on that one drive you know right. um and and it was never but it wasn't the big play it wasn't the blown coverage they just kind of chipped away um but what i liked was there wasn't a sense of panic or like the urgency wasn't gone. So it didn't go too far either direction. Does that make sense? Like right. it wasn't like, oh no, they just went down the field and scored on us. And it wasn't also like, oh, we've still got this locked up. We can take our foot off the gas. No, like right. it was, they were the proper amount of, in you know, up for that, the to respond and went right back down the field and got that score. And that was huge because, you know, I kind of, in lots of sports so that that two score lead is always interesting because that that next score is so like instrumental so like you know of course I had to hit something this week but like you know they cut it to one score but then we answered and pushed it right back and then yep. and then answered after that and and after that yep so like that that's huge because then you set the tone you don't want to get in this back and forth you can do that if you're up three or four scores but when you know it's a two score game you don't want to just keep trading scores. Yeah, so, cutting
1: it to one is not right. It was a
0: good job by the offense to kind of keep imposing their will, essentially. And it was a great job by the defense. Like I, I was really impressed by the defense. Um, you know, they got outside a couple times, but they really they did they, they were not getting the edge. And and when they got outside the edge of maybe the linebackers, the, the defensive backs were there to make it. Yeah, I'm the
1: trying play. to see what their so, their longest run was seventeen yards, right. I was on that was by the quarterback Delson McNeil had a seventeen yarder. Uh, Brandon Jones, one of the fullbacks had a twelve yarder Aiden martin um, had an eleven yarder. But that was pretty much that was pretty much it. there you know, there was the so they didn't even get a, a single running play over twenty yards. I believe their touchdown was a 22-yarder. Yes, but they held Delsin McNeil. Now, obviously, they're not a passing offense, but he only he attempted six passes. He completed three for 42 yards. Right. All in all, pretty well job done and a good job done. Right, and half of those came on one play. Right. Yeah. So, when in reality, he threw it for 32 yards. Essentially, like <laughs> he, that was the back of the end zone. Yeah. And uh, yeah, defensively, there was a couple of, a couple of standout guys for sure. Um, key among them. Nick Krakona, five tackles, one and a half for loss, including half a sack. Uh, he shared that half sack with Nick Weitzel, who had three and a half tackles, but two and a half of them were sacks. Yeah. So a big game from Nick. He, he seemed to always come up with a big tackle big play or force something back inside when yes. Wilson needed, yep. needed it to yep. happen. So a uh, big game from Nick Krakona and Nick Weitzel. Also, once again, Isaiah Cassius, we, we talked about yep. him in the Reading game and the strides he's made yep. since the beginning of the year. And he's was good for five tackles, including a half for uh, for loss. And, you know, we mentioned Rofo had great positioning on that, the touchdown pass, but just couldn't swat it down. He chipped in five and a half tackles, two and a half for loss. So he was coming up and and right. playing and that's a the key thing. role in like, the run
0: game. When your when your DBs are making the tackles for losses and tackles at or around the line of scrimmage, we'll, we'll take that. You know, like right. It, what you don't want when you see a, a one of your defensive backs has five and a half tackles, and their longest play from scrimmage was twenty two yards, and their longest run was seventeen. That's that's good, you right. know. Like you see a that's DB with good. lots of tackles, that could be, you know, a sign for concern. It was not. You you watch that game, and they were they were for the most part doing exactly what they're supposed to do, and that's that's what we would like to see.
1: Yeah, and the uh, the last defender going to mention, uh, he's only last because he ends up being our player of the game with the asterisk. That remember this was an even week, so we're not going with <laughs> Cam Jones. Uh, we're, we're going with uh, another player that, that earned it, in addition to all the guys we just mentioned who all could have been picked as player of the week. And we're, we're talked about, Yeah, uh, but there was someone that on uh, contributed in a big way on both sides of the wall, not named Cam Jones, uh, and that would be um, junior wide receiver and defensive back Eddie Case. Uh, on defense, he had two and a half tackles, inclu- including uh, – a pass breakup. Yep. Uh, but then offensively, he was the uh, he was the go to guy for quarterback Tommy Hunsaker. Tommy was seven of twelve for 113 yards and the score. And that score went to Eddie Case, uh, who caught five balls for 99 yards. So was, uh, just so close to going over a hundred yard right. receiving game, one more yard. But he he had the touchdown catch and he had a, a great game defensively as well. So uh, the Bulldog Hour Player of the Game for the Week Six victory at Mifflin in Rainey Shillington is junior wide receiver defensive back Eddie Case.
0: Yeah, and we've we've talked about him on the show for a number of um, a, a number of times. I know we talked about the hit that he laid out on safety as a safety in the Central Dolphin game. Uh, we talked about him uh, a couple weeks ago with that great catch where he laid out in the that end zone. That was yeah, last week, yeah. You know, um and so it, yeah, it's uh he was he was doing a great job um getting open, Tommy's doing a great job of getting in the ball. He's also doing a good job back there at safety. Um yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, so. it's
1: definitely fun. Now, because I was a uh, wasn't feeling great. We didn't have an interview with Eddie. Unfortunately, we'd love to talk
0: to him again. But There was also – but, there, yeah, we also saw there were people everywhere. Because it was kind of like a standalone high school game in, in Burks on Saturday. Um, right. It, it was well covered.
1: Yeah, it was well covered. Jeff Reinert was there for LNP and Mike Drago. Um, I saw Brian – Brian, Brian Rippey Rippe was there. Red Redding yep. Eagle. Yep. Um, Paul Roberts, who I'm about to mention here from Berks Sports Report. Uh, if you do want to hear from Eddie Case, be sure to – Go to Paul Roberts' site. Remember, berksportsreport.com. He interviewed... Eddie Case after the game against Mifflin. You can see that link to YouTube right there. Uh, I'm not going to play that for you. I would like you to go to Paul's site, right. BurksportsReport.com, and check that out. And check out all the interviews he's done with uh, Wilson and other Burks players uh, uh, every week and sometimes twice a week if he gets to a game on Friday and Saturday. So yep. uh, definitely check that out. But you can see in the, the player of the game post here from the Bulldog Hour, you see Paul's interview with Eddie happening in the picture. On the right of the screen. So, uh, always appreciate all the media at the games and love hyping them up. So, be sure to check out those sites. And if you want to hear from our player of the game, Eddie Case, go to Paul Roberts' website, BerksportsReport.com. All right. So, Saturday football is not the norm. And we're not going to get that from Wilson this week, but I am going to get to go and watch why I'm Missing play. Uh, actually, twice this month, I'm going to go to a game at the
0: A field on a Saturday. So, like, how crazy is this? In in a, essentially in a week's or in eight days' time, you and I will each get to a high school game that's a That's non- not Wilson, Wilson. Game.
1: yeah. So I, I am going to go this Saturday to why I'm missing? They host Calico at one thirty. It's a big is Section Four.
0: You a yes, is a big Section Four
1: matchup there. Huge Section Four matchup, and I, I think Cocalico might be like just three and three, but they've been playing really well recently. Yes. Yeah. So I'm excited to to see that game. It will be my first Y missing high school football game. I've I've been meaning to go over the last few years to a game and just haven't made it work. The COVID stuff didn't help. A couple years ago, that canceled the the Southern Columbia game that was supposed to be at Y missing that I was going to go to. But getting there this year, and I'm also going uh, at the end of the season to the game against Lampert. Which is going to be another big, another huge game. So yeah, I'm going to be photographing both of those games. That could be for the section. That could be for the the section championship. Yeah, very 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 likely i'd say cuz i i anticipate why I'm missing to take care of business against Cocalico, though i do think it could be a good game oh yeah
0: yeah but, but i like, think the, they're going
1: to be favored i think game they'll, 10 will be favored in every game game but. 10 at at home for while against ls is that's the one to be at so that'll okay. be saturday the 29th in the afternoon so i'm going to both of those so that'll be fun uh, but before i get to that game on saturday and and uh, watch a uh, fan of the show coach steve O'Neill, uh, and his uh why massive why missing offensive line yes. that is just unthinkable to the talent that they have over there right now. We got a game Friday night back at Gursky
0: oh, against Hempfield. And talk about a big section one game. It's at Gersky on Friday. Yeah. Um
1: with their victory over Manheim Township last week, you know, a week plus ago, that sets this up showdown as front runner for section one. Yeah, Wilson still has to play on Township. That'll be in Week Ten on October twenty eighth in Nefsville. But first, the Hemfield if, game.
0: Yeah, if if Hemfield were to win it, they'd, ha- they'd have they'd have a clear sad shot. To, yeah, uh, outright Section One,
1: having already vanquished the two other teams considered by everyone right. to exactly. be.
0: That's not to say they couldn't lose, but they would be a heavy favorite in the remainder of their games, and honestly, probably will be no matter what happens in the Wilson game. But yeah and you know, they want it bad. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, coach Ager's building. They've got some momentum down there. Um, and he's building what, you know, we've always talked about, you know, is there's a lot of potential there at Hemfield and they're having a great season mm-hmm. and they're going to come in hungry, um, into Gersky on, on Friday night. Um, and Wilson's coming off the short week, you know, uh, yeah, It'd be interesting.
1: One of many points of contention about <laughs> that Saturday yeah. game. I mean, it's fine. It's over now. It's fine. We won, so it doesn't matter. But it's still, it's still frustrating. It's right. Still frustrating. But yeah. So Hemfield is is the team right now. That's the the new team that has risen to the top to challenge Wilson. Um, they are now up there with Mannheim Township. And we we talked about this so many times. What Coach uh, Coach Eager has done for Hempfield. You know, he's only in his what, third season, right? And mm-hmm. they're right where we thought they would be once right. he got things rolling there yeah. and um you know they were they were a, a thorn in Wilson's side the last 2 years yep. um and obviously they're uh they're in that position to be so again so um they've had a, a strong start to the year um so this Friday against Hempfield at Gursky is homecoming for the Bulldogs. It's yep. also Hall of Fame night for Wilson. It'll be the pink out, and WEEU is back. So- Which was
0: also someone brought up in the press box that this is the first time that someone could remember that Wilson Mifflin wasn't on WEEU. Oh, yeah. And it's because WEEU has the, the Penn, Penn State, State games, contract, yeah. and they they can't. Right. out of that
1: yeah that was my my thought is when i saw the schedule come out and you know in august or whenever at wu puts that out i was like well they have the penn state game so wilson mifflin will not be right. on the air thankfully no. governor mifflin broadcast the game they did they did because uh, with the weather
0: it looked like a lot of people took them up on it
1: yeah well i, I mean, know there, my, my dad was watching it at the shop
0: relatively so. speaking for the rain there were a lot of people there I, but for a wilson mifflin game there were
1: not no right yeah there. i mean and and Weather's different. I bet that the stands are much more oh, full.
0: Oh, one hundred percent, absolutely.
1: But that's that is why you broadcast the game so people right, still get right. to watch because if they have to choose between not watching at all and going in the rain, I still think a lot of them are going to pick not. Oh, going the vast majority
0: are just not going to go at all, right?
1: Um. Yeah. So Friday the seventh, Hempfield. This is the fortieth meeting between the teams. Wilson leads the series twenty nine to ten, and the Bulldogs have won, believe it or not, the last sixteen games in this series. The last Wilson win was just last year, October twenty second in he- at Hempfield, twenty eight to twenty one. That was a, a dicey game. Ended on a hail towards, mary. Towards I think, the right? end, it did end on a hail mary by Hempfield, which was incomplete. Of uh, that was a game that those, felt like Wilson. Those were
0: Brad and Jaden
1: had to fight back and earn yeah, it. And yeah. Brad and Jaden really took control. We interviewed them after the yeah. game. It was it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, anytime you win, it's fun. But I, it they might definitely have been, earned been it.
0: it might have been before that, but it felt like that was the game where. That running identity really, 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 kicked, really in. kicked in.
1: Yeah, right. The last Hempfield win, like I said, Wilson's won sixteen in a row. So the Black Knights have not gotten the best of the Bulldogs since October twenty first, two thousand and five. Um, that's a game we've talked to uh, Coach Wolver about because Hempfield put up fifty six points in that game. Uh, Wilson lost fifty six to twenty eight. Uh, we brought up, you know, th- the average amount of points that Wilson defense surrenders, you don't drop 50 on Wilson very often. Mm-hmm. That is not something that happens uh, too often. So we brought that game up with him before to talk about uh to you know, bring up the bad memories because we like to bring those up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, but yeah, so you mentioned we mentioned Coach George Eager is is the head coach of, of Hempfield. They were seven and five last year and lost to Harrisburg in the semifinals. Um, but having a very good <laughs> season this year, they opened the year with a thirty to thirteen win at Dallas Town before uh, hosting York William Penn at home and squeaking by in that oh, one, one thirty five thirty two. Uh, very very well played game. Very exciting offensive output with Hempfield coming away with the three-point victory, then also hosted Central York. So three straight York area teams in the first three weeks for Hempfield. Uh, they did fall to Central York 20 to 30. That game was at home. Uh, but again, another another close game right. uh, against a, a D36A team that's going to be there yeah. in the playoffs. Uh, quite possibly... Um, one of one of many teams that maybe eight and one or nine and one, because right now Central York's only loss is to Cumberland Valley. Hempfield opened LL Section One play with a forty-two to seven win against McCaskey, and then the big one on September twenty-third went to Neffsville and beat Mannheim Township seventeen to fourteen for the f- second year in a row. Second year in a row to, to beat their um cross-town rival. And that was a big one. They scored in funky ways too, right? Wasn't there a hail Mary at the end of the there first was a half? Hail Mary. Yep. So there, there was a couple wacky things going on in that game, but Hemfield got the Which better of man. I practice. actually
0: flashbacked to, I don't know that that's a word. Well, I flashed back, <laughs> not backed. Um, <laughs> To was it two years ago when Mannheim Township scored right before half on a hail mary uh, against us in well Hempfield
1: scored right before uh, but Township Hempfield scored right before half a few years ago on us I think it was a kickoff return wasn't it we we had just scored to go up by I think by two scores and they immediately returned the kickoff so they have these late half. (laughs) Hail Marys and kickoffs right. and, and ways to score points right before half. So you got to be careful strong. with that. Yeah. <laughs> the no, don't give up until the clock says zero. And then this past week, Hempfield beat Penn Manor 34-7. Though I do believe that game was close at halftime. I, I, I thought it was, was a close score. I, I could be confusing it with another game, but I thought that game against Penn Manor was close at half, and then Hempfield opened it up in the second half and possibly one or two defensive scores. Okay. Fumble recoveries, I think. So, got to be careful. So protect the ball. Uh, Hempfield's able to do it in all three phases, like a, a Georgia coach team you'd expect from the guys yeah. he's learned from.
0: Right, exactly. You know, we talk about that. He's uh, he has ties to township. He has ties to Wilson. His he has collegiate ties ties, ties to Franklin Marshall. Yeah, like, yeah, um, he's going to have his guys ready. Um, oh, for sure. We've seen that. Honestly, all three years he's been there, and especially the last two, like they've really been ready and you have to answer, you know, you have to answer the call. Like they're, they're going to be ready. They're going to be fired up. Um, You know, they, they are, they have to feel like it's theirs for the taking and our guys need to stand between them and that. And they need the,
1: Oh yeah. They're going to be fired up. Right. Uh, I'm glad this one's at home right? Uh, in the friendly confines but, for but us.
0: I feel like it can, And I I, I don't say that because I have like individual like examples of this, but you know, when when you're going against an offense like Mifflin's, it's so important, you know, they harp so much, like take care of your responsibility, do your job, you know. Mm -hmm. And that same thing applies when you're playing a team like Hemfield, which isn't going to run the same offense. Right. But like, so it looks different, but the idea is the same. Do your job Mm -hmm. within the offense or within the defense and as a unit it should take care of itself and that's what it's going to come down to um you know cuz they've got some talented guys too you know uh and wilson's gone up against their share of talented guys this year uh we you could argue we went up against our share of talented guys in week 1 but yeah. um even even since then we've faced some very talented guys and hemfield's got talent up and down the roster as well. And some guys that are really starting to attract attention at the next level.
1: Yeah. Uh key among them, uh David Palp I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Palpali possibly. That's what we're going with. Oh, that's what we're going with. Um he, he's the big one, big offensive lineman, only a junior, but a very, very good player. Uh, other ones to pay attention to definitely Grant Hoover. Yep. I believe See he's his number name three all over the highlights. Uh, he's, their, he's their big running back. Um, Steven Catch, Mike Schaefer, Aiden Shorter, Brian Williams. They've got a great kicker in Cannon Bisco back. Um, Gabe Benjamin, Andy Garcia, and Micah Gates. Some big names to pay attention to. Grant Hoover is uh, probably what is easily one of their best two way players. He's number three. Uh, he is a very, very good uh, running back linebacker for Hempfield. So pay attention to number three, uh, number four, c- senior wide receiver, Gabriel Benjamin. Uh, number five, I mentioned uh, is wide receiver, Micah Gates. Those are the offensive playmakers. Uh, and then catch and Landis are the two quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, I mentioned uh, D- David Papali. P- I think that's how you pronounce his name, but I could be butchering that. Um, He's number 54, good choice in number, uh, but the offensive lineman, junior, six-three-two, seventy-five, and he does hold an offer from Penn State amongst other Power 5 college football programs. Yeah, so uh, you're going to need to know where he's at. Yeah, you're going to want to make sure um, you know where he is on the field, and I'm sure uh, Coach Dom's – uh, Coach Wolburn, Coach so, Palm will uh, will know so, where so he's lining up.
0: This is week seven, right? So through seven weeks, we will have Phase Two Penn State uh, D end prospects.
1: Yeah, uh, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I was looking for I was looking on Max Preps for Hempfield stats. They're not on there, and then I realized that I bit the bullet and subscribed to the Lancaster newspapers um, sports uh, section and. I can look up their stats. They, they
0: ran that sports deal um, again
1: this year, though, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like four bucks or something. <laughs> right, so right. like pennies. Um, so yeah, so Jackson Landis is the number one quarterback. I know entering the year, I thought he was going to com- compete with Stephen Cash, but it looks like Jackson Landis is the guy um, for Hemfield this year, obviously replacing Cam Harbaugh, who is just absurd last year for Hempfield. yes uh incredible two-way player for them uh kept them in the game against wilson he manufactured so much for them against wilson and many teams last year but he's gone jackson landis has stepped up uh and he's thrown for 779 yards and five touchdowns his favorite receiver has been micah gates 260 yards and a touchdown touchdown uh leading receiver though is gate benjamin i mentioned 164 yards and four scores for him But they've been doing a lot on the ground. Grant Hoover, I mentioned, he's the guy. Number three, pay attention to him. Running back linebacker. 88 attempts, 619 yards. He averages seven yards a carry. He scored four touchdowns. And then the quarterback, you know, we saw Cam Harbaugh do it a lot last year in the RPO or calling his own number. Jackson Landis, 130 yards, but nine rushing touchdowns for the quarterback. So those are the ones to pay attention to, and then the aforementioned mentioned Stephen Catch, who's kind of a they're one of their athletes. He can do pretty much anything for that offense. He has thirty-one carries, ninety-eight yards, and a score as well. So Hoover Landis, Catch, and uh, Gates and Benjamin. There's your uh, offensive uh, a group of playmakers for Hempfield. Those are the ones you want to pay attention to. Unfortunately, I don't see defensive stats, but uh, the I've often mentioned David Palpali and um, Grant Hoover are. Two of the big ones on defense
0: for Hempfield, yeah, number three and number fifty-four. Right, so, so yeah, they're they're bringing a talented squad, a hungry squad, and like we said, um, you know that their coaches are going to have them ready. On the flip side, I'm confident that our coaches will have our guys ready. Um, I, you know, I, the Mifflin game, you know, sometimes you could be like, oh well. You know, I hope they don't have like a letdown after that. I, I feel like they're gonna know enough that like this is a huge game. Like this is a huge game, and it, and it's been close the last couple of years. You know, they get the game at home. It's homecoming. All of that stuff. There's so much to play for, um, each and every week. Basically, the rest of the season. You know, we talk about that, um, and I don't mean it in terms of like missing the playoffs. We're in a different spot halfway through the season than we were last year. But remember, this is around the time last year where we we're like, look, we just got to win each game and then like ho- hopefully everything will take care of itself, you know? but yeah. well, we got to win each game. And and that's kind of where, you know, you look at Wilson, like, look, there's going to be a lot of things that we can't control, you know, who's beating who, or if we need an upset in another game or whatever, but like you have to win your games. And so when you look at it, Hemfield's coming to town this, this week and you need to take care of business this week. and, They're going to put up a fight. You know it's coming, so you have to be ready.
1: Yeah, then Hempfield came to Gurski two years ago during the the COVID season uh, and put up a fight. Wilson eventually came away victorious 27-12, to and that actually was the final game against a section opponent, and that gave Wilson the outright title. Section 1 championship in 2020 was Wilson's defeat of Hempfield 27-12. to And then just last year, Justin and I have talked about it a little bit, but it was much of the same just down in – landisville this time having to go down to hempfield to play and uh you know it came out in wilson's favor but it was a battle it it was a a very closely contested game and wilson had to had to be on top of their game to come out uh on on top it was 28 to 21 and, and like justin said it was really a game where the offense kind of found their identity, it felt like. like We saw flashes of it at other games, right. but they when it came down to it, I don't think on that game-winning drive there was a single pass attempted. I think it was oh all runs. I, and I think it was all – Brad and Jaden. Brad and Jaden. Brad and Jaden. Brad and Jaden. And, 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 and those guys aren't there, and the offense is a little bit different this year, maybe a little bit more flashier than than not as right. gritty, or at least you don't have the running back – powering through right uh but you still have a shifty guy a quarterback a receiver and a rotation now at running back that uh hopefully will make some hemfield defenders miss and we can uh get in the end zone no celebratory touchdown cannon at wilson sorry to disappoint many uh out there that that it will not be that will not be it got me on
0: both of them too I know the first one is a surprise okay because i'm like they're the mustangs but all right you know like when I went to the Navy game, uh, you know, a month ago, didn't surprise me there. Like, I was I was fully prepared for the cannon to be shot off there. Caught me off guard at Mifflin. And then it also caught me off guard at the end just because I was, I was over it at that point.
1: Yeah. So, and I forgot about this, but Jaden scored the go-ahead touchdown, which was 32 seconds to play. So, I believe Hemphill had tied the game at 21, right? Yeah. And Wilson got the ball back, drove down. Uh, the length of the field was a long, like maybe a 70, 65, 70-yard 70 drive. Right. Scored it with 32 seconds left. And, of course, like you mentioned, Henfield got the ball
0: and got close to midfield and he- And Kim uh, Harbaugh just had one of those, like, who just ran around like crazy. And heaved it to the end zone. And heaved it to the end zone. I think it went out the back of the end zone.
1: Um, it might have. But th- there were a bunch of Wilson right. players right. around, because I remember sending, oh, yes. Out, yes. sending out a th- yep. tweet with pictures that I took. Right, right, absolutely. Um, yes, so that's uh, that's what we got going on this week. Wilson-Hempfield with all that action,
0: homecoming.
1: Should be ad- a good one. <laughs> Athletic Hall of Fame, Pink yeah.
0: Out, WEEU. Come on, come on out to Gersky on Friday night.
1: Yeah, definitely be there. And hopefully the weather will be better. I think it's actually supposed to be kind of maybe cool and wet um, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday yeah, but then get nice Thursday, right. Friday. So. Should be a good one. Should be perfect. Yeah, get to get to Gursky and see the, the Bulldogs uh, take on Hempfield. On it should a be a night. classic Section One showdown. Yeah, and a,
0: on a Friday <laughs> night, amazing. I didn't know if that was gonna slide through <laughs> yeah. there. Thought, you You're know.
1: just throw just poking me right. one more time, right. huh? Right.
0: Well, I forgot it last week, but I I did. I'm not gonna miss it this week. Um, you know, it's October and I showed up, and the Christmas tree is still not up. We're, <laughs> we're almost through that second column,
1: oh, but
0: yeah. but you know hopefully there's a bye week in our future and right. that might be the that, that week, be that, the might be the week that, that might be that, the, the weekend tree yeah. goes up.
1: that could be the weekend you know we'll, we'll have to we'll have to figure that out I don't know out. if you can
0: hold off that long
1: <laughs> what, honestly what I'm gonna do just out of spite is I'm gonna put up a Christmas tree back there in like two weeks Like uh, the tree that comes up down here I'm just gonna put it up there just just to get out in front of it you right, know right. why just wait why delay prepared
0: like leaving your rain pants in the car right <laughs> <laughs>
1: I hate you so much. Uh, good times, yeah, it's good times. But all right, I think that's that's it for us here on episode twelve of season eight of the Bulldog Hour. Once yeah. again, thanks to our sponsors and Justin. You have anything else to add about uh, Mifflin Hempfield or anything no, it else?
0: Was, it was fun being uh, back on this side of that Wilson Mifflin game. Yes, um, feels good, but. That's just one of the goals, you know. That, I'm sure that's one of the goals every year the team has the, to beat Mifflin. But there are bigger goals, um, right? And that would include section championships. And in order to do that, you're, you you want to win on Friday night, like you know it's week seven, so nothing's decided. It like it's you know it's not determined like its finality in in week seven. Right. But you can take a big step if that's if that if you want to get your next goal, winning this winning section one. Then you can take a big step towards that and put yourself in position to really have a good shot at it if you handle your business on on uh, Friday night against Hemfield. Right, for sure. So
1: yeah, but I think that does say everything that or everything we have to say. That pretty much covers it. I don't have much left to say um, about the game. But like like we mentioned earlier, we will be back um, in one week's time, normal time, normal place, normal hour normal day of the week for the football game. So, yeah, no no need to change things are on our end. So, um, with that, we'll leave you just uh, with, with one picture, and then we'll get out of here. So, for Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays, and the entire Wilson football program, remember, until next time, Go, go Bulldogs.
0: Bulldogs! Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.